So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one -on -one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu. Svechnikov with it. He'll fire it across. Finds its way up top. Slavin shot. Deflected up front. They score! On the power play! Nino Niederreiter! He's still red hot for the holidays. And the Canes take a 1-0 lead. In hurricane zone. Gets a bunch of skates and pops free. Possible two on one. Aho with Terabine. Aho. Terabine scores! Short handed. His second short handed goal of the year. Terabine puts Carolina up 2 0. 90 seconds left here in the first period. Five seconds left in the penalty to Trocek. Evans sends it to the slot. And that shot's hammered over the top of the Kings net. Still loose, they'll shovel at it. Bronte gets a piece of it as he denies Cedric Paquette. The former king. Mike, what an absolutely explosive save. And late in the period. Amplify it. Caulfield shot. That hits a body up. Ronta sprawls, makes a save. And he puts the glove on top of it. It freezes things there with four seconds left in the period. On another great chance for Montreal on the power play. But Ronta stands tall. across there. Line it bumpers it. Trying to find Ajo. Couldn't connect. Trocek was on the doorstep. Got back. Terabyte. This time he scores. On the power play. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. Thank you very much for spending some time with us. It is hockey again. Yes, we're allowed to play. How fun. How fun. Merry Christmas to all of you. Happy New Year in advance of the new year. The next time we speak, it will be 2022. So let me be the first. I'm probably not the first to wish you Happy New Year, but let me be the first to do it this way. Celebrate New Year by going to the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, let's say you have an acorn that is going to drop 
outside your home. I'm making it up, people. They don't do acorns at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina, but they'll uh, they'll do a heck of a job on your roof or on your gutter helmets. Got a tweet from somebody today or yesterday about his love for the Aluminum Company. Well, thank you very much. You can find them on excuse me. You can find them online at the aluminum at aluminumcompany.com. Get a free no obligation estimate right there. How about that for a commercial? to open up the podcast. 4 nothing Carolina, first game in 12 days. The holiday break was supposed to be, what, three days, four days? Play the 23rd, be off the 24th, 25th, 26th, come back and play the 27th, boom. None of that happened, of course. The break was 12 days. Last time we saw the Hurricanes play, it was uh, 12 days ago at home against the L.A. Kings. Uh, Carolina was playing without a bunch of players. At least they were able to dress 18. They didn't dress 18 against Detroit, only dressed 16 against Detroit. That worked out fine. Then dressed 18 against the Kings. That worked out fine. They dressed 18, but hey, what about, what do you know? An NHL lineup tonight, all NHL players. Essentially, their best lineup, uh, apart from the goalie. And as it turned out, Freddie Anderson backed up on Tiranta tonight. Who? What COVID? Everybody's out of protocol. The only player still in protocol is Brendan Smith. Uh, and they expect him out uh, any day now. Anyway, there's only one more uh, one more game left before they take another five-day break. They'll play Saturday afternoon in Columbus, and then they'll be off for five days before they come home and play a Friday-Saturday back-to-back at home against Calgary and Florida. That should be a lot of fun, by the way. Uh, that is, I guess, next Friday and Saturday. Anyway, let's get to tonight. Uh, and the Hurricanes were not great tonight. They didn't have to be great tonight because Montreal was, you thought Carolina had problems. At least Carolina still had a bunch of good players. Montreal, not so much. Be it COVID or injury. Here's the top 11 scorers. For Montreal, Nick Suzuki, Tyler Toffoli, Jonathan Drouin, Josh Anderson, Christian Dvorak, Arturi Lekkinen, Chris Weidman, Mike Hoffman, uh, Ben Chirot on defense. I forget who's, uh, who's 10th in scoring on the team because I didn't write it down. Nine of them didn't play. Two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine, eleven. That's eight, actually. Eight of them didn't play. Brendan Gallagher is seventh. He left the game halfway through with an injury. I mean, completely decimated. So Carolina didn't have to be great tonight. Cole Caulfield is I mean, he's not the the quasar we saw in the playoffs a year ago. So he's had a he's had some struggles. He spent some time in the minors. Uh, Nick Suzuki is their leading scorer and is obviously going to be a great player, but he's not a great player now. They've just got a lot of issues. And Sam Montembeau uh, played very well, but they don't have a great team in front of him. And they're just no, no Edmondson, no uh, Petrie. I mean, forget it. Montreal's toast. It's a bad team uh, with a terrible power play. Although... Carolina makes everybody look like they have a terrible power play of late. Anyway, I'm just saying that the the Hurricanes didn't have to play great tonight. They had to play hard tonight, and that was was 
easily accomplished for this team. By the way, we're going to talk to Brian LeBlanc in a little bit. Uh, Alec Campbell is, uh, will explain where Alec Campbell is when we introduce Brian LeBlanc, former managing editor of Kane's Country. So uh, he doesn't even live here anymore. Uh, we're still going to talk to him about the game because he watches every game and he's got thoughts all the time. I speak to Brian a uh, fair amount. Anyway, um, there were a lot of good things tonight. So let's just run down a few of them and then we'll talk to Brian uh, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, penalty kill, 5 for 5. 19 for their last 19. They have allowed 5 power play goals in their last 20 games. That's it. 5 power play goals allowed in their last 20 games. 5 for 5 tonight. Auntie Ranta bailed him out. Probably on the third, maybe let's say the second power play was the Auntie Ranta show. And then he made a couple of saves. The third power play wrapped over between the first and the second. And he had to make a couple of good saves uh, at the end of the first period, you heard uh, you heard a couple of them uh, in the open. Um, but then I thought Montreal was completely non-threatening the rest of the way. And Carolina, of course, outscored Montreal on Montreal's power play with the Tavo Teravon and shorthanded goal. In fact, there were no five-on-five goals scored today. Zero. Carolina had three power play goals. They were three of five with the man advantage and scored one shorthanded. 4 nothing final. It all adds up. Zero five-on-five goals. Anyway, the penalty kill has obviously been great. Power play, three for five tonight. Uh, now six of their last 11 over the last three games. Nine of 20 in their last seven games. You may think nine of 20 is great, and by percentage it is dynamite. Uh, it's still somewhat concerning that the Hurricanes are getting less than three power plays a game. They got five tonight, right? So that to me is still a bit of a concern. They don't get a lot of power plays. They have a good power play. I don't think Carolina has a great power play. They have a good power play. Hey, real quick about the power play. Did uh, did notice this tonight. Jordan Stahl off the power play. He hasn't scored in 21 games now. So that makes sense. Um, but they've also jumbled up the uh, the mixed up the units, which I think is good. You've got uh, Natchez, Aho, Teravon, and Trocek, and D'Angelo on the on the top unit. You've got Svechnikov, uh, Kotkaniemi is on the second unit. Jarvis, Niederreiter, and Jacob Slavin. Slavin's been excellent. Jacob Slavin can't get enough ice time. I think I thought Brett Pesci was good on the power play. I think Slavin can be great on the power play. I really do. Uh, he moves so well, and he is such a good passer uh, that he naturally should be good on the power play. If it goes stale again, you can bring Pesci back out. Um, but I think it's also... Uh, he's just, Slavin is just such an elite skater. Uh, I think it helps to have him at the top of the umbrella. Anyway... Uh, so I did notice that tonight, and it was the first time in a long time we've seen Jordan Stahl not on the power play. Normally he's there because he wins every faceoff, and he did win every faceoff tonight just about. He was 17-4 and four in the faceoff circle. Yeah, that's right, 17-4. and four. At one point he was 15 for 15. <laughs> uh, by the way, Coach Kenny Amby played the wing tonight on Stahl's line with Seth Jarvis. That line was very good. 
Uh, I think all three players were very good tonight. I really have liked Coach Kadiemi, and I think it was significant that he played the wing and played very well uh, because I believe that if Carolina is going to be the best version of themselves, two things have to happen. One, Andrei Svechnikov's got to start scoring again. I love the way Andre's playing, so I'm not complaining. But if he scores again, Carolina can be the best version of of themselves. And I also think that Kokinami must be playing in a top nine role. I, I just it's a waste to have him centering your fourth line. It's a waste. Um so he has to play bigger minutes. He didn't play a ton tonight. He played just over uh just like twelve and a half minutes, but of course Carolina had to kill off ten minutes of power play. And Kokinami is not part of the penalty kill. Uh, Carolina has a lot of guys who are part of the penalty kill, including Sebastian Ajo and Tevo Teravainen. They, of course, combined on the shorthanded goal. But Martin Natchez was really good killing penalties tonight. Uh, he had, uh, what, seven shot attempts, four on goal. He was just very good uh, all night long. He had an assist. He had, I thought Natchez combined some brilliant play with some sloppy play tonight. But I think you could say that for everybody, including Ajo and Teravainen. I mean, they just... There was there were puck management issues all night, uh, but Auntie Ranta was there when they needed him. Twenty five saves, first Hurricanes shutout. Nino Niederreiter with his ninth goal. Tavo's got two on the night. Uh, first goal in twelve games for Jarvis. Still waiting for Stahl to get off the Schneid, but uh, Jacob Slavin three assists. He's now got eighteen points on the season, and I mean. He's the best pure defenseman in the sport. If we're just talking about shutting people down, he's the best. He is a great skater. He's the smart, one of the smartest players you'll find. Uh, he's getting more physical this year. I'm gonna uh, next week. I'm gonna put out a, uh, a a Hurricanes report card, if you will. Um, I think Jacob Slavin's gonna get a good grade. I do. I think he's going to get a good grade. Uh, actually, I might change his grade now that he gets picked up three more assists tonight. Uh, and he's now got 17 on the season. Second, I think second on the Hurricanes, Tony D'Angelo has 16. Aho has 19. Aho now with his sixth consecutive multi-point game. Six in a row with at least two points. 14 points in those six games. Tavo Teravainen now has 11 points in his last nine games. Not a coincidence. You put Aho and Teravainen together, magic. Aho, they're like Martin and Lewis. Actually, they're much better than Martin and Lewis. Uh, uh, yeah, I should probably stop. Uh, and I will, because it's time. Uh, it's time to bring in a guest. This is the time... When I normally say, my man, Alec Campbell. But Alec Campbell right now is holding, I'm guessing, Decker Gant Campbell, who uh, was, I think, 25, no, no, 20.5 inches long and eight pounds, three ounces, I believe, at birth. Something to that effect. I'm not even sure I got that right. But congratulations to Alec and Meredith, and of course to Trip, Big Brother. So sitting in, I assume, I have no idea, I can't see Brian LeBlanc 
is, I already gave it away, Brian LeBlanc, my <laughs> old friend who moved away, and I found I out. Did. I'm going to start this by saying, how dare I find out you're moving to Florida as you're moving to Florida? Well, it, it happened quickly. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. It happened very what quickly. You, what are you, did you, like, you're running from the IRS? What's going on? Oh, no. No, no, no. No, I'll... Uh, Put it this way: when when life presents you an opportunity, um, you you think about it, and if it's the right thing to do, you you make the move. And I'm not going to go into too much no, no. more than that. No, no. Suffice it to say that it was difficult, and there are things that I greatly miss about it. Um, you know, present company being one of those. Oh, stop it. Well, it's true. It's I mean, I, and I, I mean that. I mean that. You know, the the hurricanes media writ large. I mean, I'm. Oh, okay, I'm now good. closer. Yes. I'm, I'm now closer. Not necessarily just you, although you are a big part of that. <laughs> no, you know? no, no, no. Um, but I'm now. I'm. I'm closer that I can go to games down here. And uh, was in Tampa a couple months ago before everything <laughs> flipped up sideways. And uh, you could still actually do in-person media availability. Yeah. And it was myself and Abby Labar and a couple of media relations people. And Abby did a double take and said, "Who are you? What are you doing here?" Wow. So. You know, it's kind of nice to be able to surprise some people, but you know, yes, it, it did happen very quickly, uh, right around the start of the season. Um, and so I've been, I've been big on the ESPN Plus train, uh, watching as many games as I can, and and uh, kind of enjoying it. It's the first time I've I've been away from Raleigh. I've lived, I, I, I never even left to go to college. So for thirty, almost thirty five years, I was a resident of the old North state and uh, regular visitor back there now, but still keeping tabs on the team from afar. Yeah, of course I should point out former managing editor, Kane's country. Uh, and one of my favorites. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about this game tonight. Uh, yeah. And uh, I appreciate you sitting in for Alec. Uh, Alec doesn't give us this kind of insight, by the way. Um, <laughs> well, I say that before you've in, given in me any to, insight. In fairness to Alec, he's been, he's, he's just done a pregame show to, uh, I can't. two intermissions. A post game show, and then he comes on with you. I, I so. can't. He's driving home, uh, oftentimes <laughs> as we're doing this. Right. So I'm hoping right. that he's concentrating on the road. But Alec, Alec obviously does a great job. Uh, no, and my, hey, let me let me go ahead and uh, be the second to congratulate him. That was that was a surprise. That was a surprise to you because I texted him and I knew nothing about no, this. No, I mean, I've known. Instagram picture. I saw. I, I talked to Alec every damn day. About it. Well, I realized that, but I had I had no idea. Yeah. Like it just popped up on my Instagram feed. On uh, on Christmas Day, and I'm like, wait, you did what now? The kids got the kids got an Instagram account already. Well, no, I'm Alex just kidding. Does. I'm just kidding. Yes, I know. I mean, maybe he does. I don't know. No, he does. It is I'm 20, it's almost 2022, <laughs> man. Come on. He's already texting. He's already got his own yeah, phone. I'm sure he is. All right, let's uh, let's get to the game tonight. Um, yeah. It, but it is uh, absolutely awesome that you were able to to do this. Uh, there were a ton of good things, um, but. Didn't it look to you like the first game after a twelve-day break? <laughs> yes, it did. And you know, we were talking. We were talking before the game that neither of us had any idea what to expect. This was almost going to be like a preseason game, just with two points on the line. And we both know that Rod Brindamore, at the beginning of a season, usually has a few nits to pick. And I think it's fair to say he probably will after this game too. But the Hurricanes under him generally have done pretty well to start the season. Uh, and they did so tonight after having almost two weeks off. I mean, it was I mean, granted they're 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 playing the Laval Rocket more than they are the Montreal <laughs> Canadiens, but you know you got to play the team around the schedule, and the Hurricanes looked very good in doing it. 
you know, full credit to Auntie Ranta who who earned that shutout tonight. Yeah, Absolutely, you know he, uh, you know it may not have been against the most formidable opposition we'll ever see, but a shutout's a shutout, and he definitely had a few saves that, you know, lesser goalies probably wouldn't have made. So so credit to him for uh, for posting his first uh, for posting his first bagel as a Hurricane. Uh, good good on him, especially with Freddie Anderson uh, now off the COVID list, but still you know. What probably wasn't going to play tonight either no. way. Um, he was the backup tonight. Who knew? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Well, I don't think anyone did until seven oh eight p.m. Like what COVID list? Everybody's back. Uh, yeah, I mean they 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 put uh, <laughs> strike up the strike up the bad. Everyone's back. They put Stefan Nason in uh, on the tack in the taxi. He's in the Uber uh, along with Alex Lyon, and uh, who knows? Freddie Anderson was backing up. Just to illustrate your point about. Uh, Hurricanes shutting out the Laval Rockets tonight. Uh, the number one uh, scorer on the team is Nick Suzuki. He played. Number mm-hmm. two, Tyler Toffoli. Number three, Jonathan Drouin, uh, who was a uh, a late a late healthy or not a healthy scratch, a late scratch. Uh, number four, Josh Anderson. Number five, Christian Dvorak. Number six, Arturi Lekkonen. Uh Number seven, Brendan Gallagher left the game midway through. <laughs> number eight, Chris Weidman. Number nine, Mike Hoffman. Number eleven, uh, uh, what Ben Chirot, uh on defense. So essentially, nine of their top eleven scorers did not play tonight. You know, I have to be perfectly honest. It says something when you when you name Mike Hoffman. I legitimately forgot that Mike Hoffman was even in the employ of the Montreal Canadiens yeah. until tonight. Yeah. And, and 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 he would have been the second leading scorer on the active roster had he played. Yeah. But he's, <laughs> I tell you what, Mike. That Mike, was it, first of all. It's not like anybody's really scoring. Uh, no. Once you get down, like uh, you know, Tyler Toffoli is second on the team. He's got mm-hmm. five goals. And seventeen points on the season. Now sounds like a sounds like a vintage uh, Kirk Muller era Hurricane squad. It's just bad. They, I mean, they they, <laughs> they can't score. Uh, they have the worst power play in the sport. They you remember the season. You remember the season. It was it was right before I think it was the season before they drafted Eric Stahl. That the Hurricanes. So that would have been two thousand three. It may have been Stahl's rookie year. I don't remember, but. Well, um, when well, Stahl's, they didn't even Stahl's have a, rookie year was the 03-04 season. Yeah, then it may have been the year before that. I can't remember which one it was. But uh, they the Hurricanes didn't have a 20-goal score the entire season. The, the late Yosef Watschek, God rest his soul, led the team with 19 goals in 82 games. <laughs> That's kind of what I felt like I was watching Gosh. With, the, with the Canadians tonight because, holy cow, that was, I mean, again, you play the team that's on the ice against you, and the Hurricanes did that very well tonight. But let's not confuse this with the you know the record-setting Canadians of the late seventies or anything. This was this was uh, this was just get a team iced out there, get eighteen guys on the ice, and make of it what you will. And there wasn't much to make of it for the Canadians tonight, but the Hurricanes took advantage of it, and good for them. Yeah, and, we, and we, again. They didn't play great. I think for the most part, Carolina's issues were all related to managing the puck, um, mm-hmm. and they had trouble. You know, they could have scored more goals. They had they had trouble. You know, gathering the puck around the net. Andre Svechnikov could have easily scored 
uh, a goal. There were some mishandles, maybe some over stick handling from Martin Natchez at times, yep. who otherwise I thought played a very good game again. I think Natchez's game, he has had puck management issues for the most part all year. Uh, but Mar- Marty does so many good things. Like he's just not, he's just not quite all the way to what he's going to be just yet, but he ain't far from it. I don't believe. No, um, I don't, I, I don't think so either. And I, I think that it's telling that, you know, the past couple of years, I think you could have, uh, you could have graded Natchez on what you see, you know, what his, his shooting ability and his ability to kind of read the play and that sort of thing. But now I think you're seeing the next phase of his career develop. And that's the, the, you know, the puck distribution and the getting to the right spots on the ice and stuff like that, that, you know, that takes a, w- a longer time to develop. And, you know, he came into the league, he played one game when he was 18. So that yeah. doesn't really count, but he was pretty, he was still pretty young when he, when he, when he started, but those years in the AHL, when he was, you know, among the lead, leading scorers, you know, he was the highlight reel guy yeah. and he could still be the highlight reel guy, but he does so much more now. Very similar, honestly, I think, a very similar career development arc to Batch Nahos, where, you know, he came in and was just kind of a, kind of a shining light, and then everything else kind of filled in around it. And now Aho's the bona fide number one center who does it all, and I think Natchez is pretty far down that same path. is what Sebastian Aho is. Uh, we're going to talk about that uh, right now. I think, to me, the biggest development of Martin Natchez has been defensively away from the puck. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he had the assist. He had three great passes, basically in the same sequence. They finally scored a goal. Um, mm-hmm. But the uh, he had seven shot attempts, four shots on goal. But I thought, uh, especially shorthanded, he is he is dynamic, and he's getting better and better defensively. And um, he'll get it. He'll uh, the offense will fall, uh, just like I'm confident that the offense will fall for Andrei Svechnikov. I've loved his game the last dozen yeah. or so, and he's just not scoring a lot, but it'll come, and I'm not worried about it. And right now, as long as you've got uh, Tavo Teravainen and Sebastian Ajo, that's enough offense right now for a lot. Um, yep. So let's get to uh, Ajo, who's now got six straight multi-point games. He's got 14 points in his last six games. He had two assists tonight. Um, six straight multi-point games. Was this? Sh- should we call him Sebastian McAho at this point? <laughs> well, I mean, who, who who would be wrong in saying that? <laughs> he's 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 incredible. I mean, he he is at this point. You know, I realize that there are some all-time goal scorers in this division, um, but at this point, I don't know who in the Metro you would. See over Sebastian Ajo. If you're starting a team from scratch right now and had the eight teams in the Metro available to you and you could take any player off those teams, I think Sebastian Ajo would probably be first off of my list. Mm. Is that that's, good? That's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting uh, question you raise. Is the answer still not Ovechkin? Well, I it's mean, Ovechkin I... if you're it's Ovechkin if you're if you're talking about right now, but but, he, right. but Ovechkin gives up ten years to us to Aho. I know. So uh, you know if you're looking at it from a long term thing, yeah, I mean no, Ovechkin no, is a better goal scorer. You're 100 percent right. I mean, he's, he's 24. I think, I think I think the question probably comes down to whether it's Aho or Artemi Panarin if you're looking long term. 
And at this point, given what they, given what they're capable of doing and the fact that they basically are, are equally capable scores take and out. Ajo is a considerably better defensive player. I don't think there's much of a question. Yeah. I think if you're, if you're setting a team up for the next 10 years, I think Ajo is your guy. He's yeah. that good. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm team Sebastian Ajo. And I remember Absolutely. a conversation I had with, I'll, I'll leave his name out of it, uh, but as a hint, he's currently the head coach of the Hurricanes, um, hmm. who was not convinced, and this is in the playoff year, the first playoff year, was not convinced that Ajo was a center. Mm-hmm. He, I remember that. He wanted, he's like, I'm, they, I, we need his offense. I know I can get it if I put him back at the wing. Center's too much. I don't know that he's ever going to be a center in this league. Um, and then, he so he moves him back to wing. And he's playing with Jordan Stahl that mm-hmm. night. Stahl is centering Ajo on the left and I believe Teravon on the right. Yep. And that was the game that Jordan Stahl suffered the concussion. Mm-hmm. And Ajo yeah. moved back to center the next game and has and not left. left since. And he's getting yep. better. 54% in the face-off circle for the year. He was 6 out of 8 tonight. He had three takeaways. He's one of the best penalty killers in the league. Yeah, um, they almost, almost had another one tonight. Yep. I mean, they they did score shorthanded. Um, Taravainen is a big part of, I think, Ajo. They're, I mean, they basically share a brain. Yeah, yes, it's they do. It's just insane. Uh, how they they just n- always seem to know where the other one is, um, and Turbo is also on a on a heater right now in his last nine, mm-hmm. uh, six goals, five assists. He's a plus ten in his last nine games. That ain't bad. Nope, that is not bad at all. <laughs> That's good. Uh, so I you know, th- those two guys together just uh, they they make magic and very quietly. Tevo Teravon and his second on the team, tied with Nino and Svechnikov with nine goals. Mm-hmm. Very quiet. And, and how many of those would he not have scored in the past when he always made the extra pass, <laughs> much to the consternation of everyone in the building? See, I think he's setting you know, everybody he, up. Yeah. He, I mean, he's, he still has a tendency to do that, but yeah. he's doing it a lot less. And he's always had a good shot. Always and, yeah, great shot. And now, and now you're seeing now you're seeing that work. I mean, the shorthanded goal tonight, perfect example. In a in a previous life, I mean, he kind of had that give and go from Aho to set that up. He may have tried a return pass there, yep. and this time he let, he let her rip, and and it, it paid off for him. And that's what he's got to do more of. And I think slowly he's kind of coming around to that. And maybe having Aho at center kind of gives him the gives him the flexibility where before he kind of thought maybe he had to be the setup guy. Because you know Aho was depending on him. Now Aho's in the in the stratosphere, and he can create his own plays. Doesn't need you know not to say he doesn't need Turbo to set him up, but it certainly behooves him to have him. But you know it's not a requirement for him to just be a playmaker anymore. And I think we're seeing that kind of round into form. So it's almost like it's a it's a feedback loop for both of them. They're just feeding off of each other, and each other's games are taking the other to the next level in addition to their own. And they're sauna buddies. Uh, and I w- is there room for yes, Barry, Kotkaniemi, and Seth Jarvis in the sauna? Seth, I don't know if you know this, uh, is an honorary Finn. Um, mm-hmm. He's uh, he lives with Aho. Yeah, and he plays uh, on uh, Kotkaniemi's Xbox. 
I don't know. It's just it's it's bananas. That's got to be the that's got to be the most happening place in Raleigh. Gosh, <laughs> gosh, you know what? Unbelievable. I'm and I'm and you know I'm I'm glad you mentioned Seth Jarvis. I'm going to get to him when we, when we do three stars because he was one of mine tonight. Mm. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that there is anyone on anyone on the team who benefited more from that break than Seth Jarvis. I think that's he a very kinda, good point. Yep. He was kind of hitting the wall. We all kind of expected him to, um, you know, prior to the shutdown. He was, you know, kind of just trudging through it, going through the usual growing pains. And lo and behold, he gets two weeks off. And look at him tonight. He was one of the best players on the ice at both ends. I mean, his, his defensive game, I mean, it's, you know, it's still a work in progress, let's be fair. But it's certainly not a it, – it's not he's just a piece of Swiss cheese when he's out there on defense. And – he looked more energized with the puck tonight. Um, you know, the the goal he scored, he just ripped it. Yep. And a perfectly placed shot. I mean, just, you couldn't, you can't teach a shot like yeah, that. Yeah, he used the screen, too. I thought yeah. he used Coke and, and Emmy in front really uh-huh. well. And, and he's, you know, I think that the, this time off, you know that he was, you know that he was using that to, to watch film identify things where he can where he can improve on i know his coach was doing that too because that's that's what he does um this was this was a blessing in disguise for seth jarvis and i think he really had a great game tonight yeah look uh, there were a lot of i thought there were a lot of guys that had uh really good games i did not give him one of my three stars but we'll get to that uh in just a second um but he, he had started to play a little bit better just before the shutdown. And then, of course, he gets COVID in Vancouver. Uh, and I, I I wish that I could have been in that ambulance. I would have mm. worn a mask. But the ambulance <laughs> from Vancouver into Seattle with Aho and Jarvis and the, uh, the member of the training staff uh, getting back across the border and then flying, picking up the COVID-4 in Minnesota. What a tremendous! It just, it, it just seems like a like like a script from a Bond movie, doesn't it? Like I actually, I started to watch the movie The Great Escape the other day. <laughs> I, I I could hear that music in the background, right? right. I, could, I could I could actually see Steve McQueen on the motorcycle, uh, racing through <laughs> the German countryside. Uh, just a, an absolute great visual, uh, coming across you're, the border in the ambulance. Your 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 cinephile taste. Never cease to amaze me, AG. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. I'm not not I'd even like kidding. to hear. I, I, I'd like to hear your top five at some point, but now it's not that time. You know what? Um, uh, Mary Poppins <laughs> is in my top five. Uh, I'll just okay. leave, yeah, I love Mary Poppins. I'll allow it. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, well, Toy, Toy Story Two is in my top five. Ooh, I got I got that, nothing wrong with that. Have you seen Toy Story Four? I have. I it's, love Toy Story it's Four. Well, it, it's well done. It doesn't. It's. I'm with you on Toy Story Two. two is Toy Story Two is perfection. Yeah, I'm with, uh, you with on the two. exception of the with the exception of the three minutes I fast forward during the Sarah McLaughlin song. Toy Story Two, from start to finish, is absolute perfection. It so, is it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. Might be the best sequel I've ever seen. Do you do you hate Sarah McLaughlin or does like me when you hear Sarah McLaughlin, all you can do is think of the uh, the rescue, like the the commercial she does uh, for please send us your, money the for dogs. The answer to your question is yes. The answer is yes <laughs> to all of that. No, I've got nothing. I've got nothing against her. I do have. Uh, I mean, there's there's just something about there's something about grown adult men ugly crying. 
to Sarah McLaughlin songs. And <laughs> I'm not below it. Just saying it's not my preferred way to watch a movie. That's okay. all I'm saying. That's fantastic. Uh, all right, let's talk about Jacob Slavin for a second here. Yes, Les. He only played 18 minutes and 43 seconds tonight. That's like not <laughs> what a, even what playing. What a bomb. <laughs> I know, right? It's like not playing. <laughs> See, only probably the looking second. Back, he's probably looking back at Rod. He's like, I've been on the bench for 30 seconds. What's going on here? Come man? on Come here. On. This, is, this is two periods worth. He, it's only the second time all year he's played less than 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> he deserves an easy night. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? I, I looked at it like, this can't be right. Can't, he he's can't, still got three assists. I know. Can't have only played 1843. Uh, he is uh, now he's second on the team in assists behind Ajo, who has 19. Uh, Slavin now has 17, one goal, 17 assists. I wonder, I mean, if he ends up with like 50 assists, I'm just throwing a weird number out there. Mm. Can you be a Norris Trophy candidate with three goals and 50 assists? In 2022, honestly, probably not. But should he be? Yeah. I mean, I think he should, I think he should be regardless. He should have, he should be a finalist with 20 points, never mind 50. Uh, it's um, funny. I talked to Tony D'Angelo about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And if you get you want to get Tony D'Angelo talking about another player, get him talking about Jacob Slavin and what he does. He says, I always knew well, he was Pretty much good. Anyone, anyone that's ever played with him. Ask yeah. Brett Pesci about him. Yep. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the, those guys came up together. D'Angelo, who played well, against him for you know, in however many years, he said, "I knew he was good. I didn't know he was this good." You just, yeah, he's, you he's to, to see it up close, he says, is amazing. I I just made a comment one of my other times talking to D'Angelo. I said he played ten minutes in the third period, uh, and D'Angelo goes as he should have. It's <laughs> 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 like the more he's on the ice, the better. He just is. He he is absolutely a machine. Yeah, three assists. He played uh, four fifty-three shorthanded. Um, I mean, he's just that that road trip when they were down to uh, Maxime Lejoie, Um And by the way, I like Jalen Chatfield, so I'm not going to throw uh, him under the bus at all. I love Chatfield. I mm-hmm. think he's got a future. Um, but when they were really struggling, and Ian Cole was playing top minutes, where he's playing twenty-two. He actually played twenty-five minutes one game which is at least 10 minutes more than Ian Cole should play. And I like Ian Cole. I love Ian Cole, but Ian Cole can't be playing 20-some-odd minutes a game. Nope. That's when you go, oh, gosh, he's exhausted. He can't skate anymore. Um, (laughs) But Slavin played half of the game three three times in a row. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you you got? And never looked like like he broke a sweat. Nope. No. And tonight, I don't think he did. <laughs> I mean, he might not have. He might not have. Pesci played almost 22 minutes uh, to lead them in ice on uh, on the blue line. But, I mean, yeah. Ajo and Slavin should both be all-stars, right? I, I First of all, I can't believe they're going to oh. have an all-star game, but I guess why not? Um, hey, but dollars, dollars, dollars talk, you know? They do. They do. But, I mean, they should both be all-stars, right? I would think so, yeah. I don't see why they wouldn't be. And Freddie? I mean, I don't know how you. Yeah, I, 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 you could go down the line. I mean, 
Aho should be there. Slavin, Anderson. Heck, you want to throw you want to throw Teravinen in there? I think you can make an argument for that. I mean, it's insane. It is it is absolutely insane how deep this team is, and how committed to the bit they are. And I know that we usually use that as a pejorative, and I'm not here. But every guy in the locker room, you can say next man up. This team lives next man up, and they're. I mean, they're. they're you you call Jacob Slavin a machine. I think the entire the entire active roster right now is a machine. Every guy is a cog in the wheel, and you know you you might miss a guy. You might miss a few guys that are out with COVID or whatever, and they they just don't miss a beat. It's insane. I I, I don't even think the 2016. I remember being this insulated from anything else going on, just going out there and doing their business night after night after night, regardless of what the circumstances are. I, I, in, in 20, what is this? 20, almost 25 years of the hurricanes being in Raleigh. I do not remember them ever being like this. And I can probably count on one hand, the number of teams in the last 20 years, anywhere in the NHL that have been like this. Yeah. They're sustainable. They're very sustainable. Um, They play the best team defense. Uh, that this franchise has ever played because, I mean, they have very good defensemen. I'm not, not even trying to say that. I mean, Slavin and Pesci and um, Brady Shea. I mean, I wish Brady Shea didn't make over $5 million a year because, I mean, to to provide basically no offense, and I'm not knocking mm-hmm. him. He's a, uh, He is a great part of this team. Um, but... And the thing is, every every guy every guy was was brought here to fill a specific role, and some of those guys are playing different roles than what they had played on their previous team. Shea's a good example. Coach and Yemi's a good example. They're you know they're not doing what they had been doing, and that's a credit to the scouting staff, to the front office, to everybody involved, saying we've got this guy that you know we've got this. The spot we need to fill in the lineup that's got these responsibilities, and we've identified a guy who hasn't done this before in the NHL, but we think could, and to a man. Freddie Anderson's another good example. Every one of them that they brought in has just filled that role and checked that box almost perfectly. Uh, to, to be perfectly honest, and I know Don Waddell is the general manager. Eric Tulski and Tom Dundon put this team together. And I know this, uh, and I also want to give Darren York some credit um, because York scouting they've got they've got some pretty good prospects on the way. Now Mm -hmm. they're like all the guys that would have played in the World Juniors; uh, those guys are three or four years away. Um, So in 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 terms of guys who are ready, Etu Makaniemi, the the goaltender from Finland. I mean, he's playing great for Chicago. I mean, he's probably two years from the NHL, which is yeah, it, it works. It works out really well, considering that both of their goaltenders right now are on two-year deals. Either way, <laughs> uh, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but um, but here's here's what, the other thing. What Tulski and Dundon did one, this year, what Tulski and Dundon did this offseason, was they put together not only this team, but they stocked Chicago with guys who played in the NHL before and who mm-hmm. were ready to play. It's been they they're prepared. They are prepared yep. for May and June. And, and you know awesome. you, you know the guy that you didn't mention there is the head coach who's, who's well, just as integral to this whole thing as anybody because he's the one that 
that goes to Tom and goes to Eric Tolsky and goes to Don and says, I need someone that can give me X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And to their credit, they went out, they identified exactly who they wanted to fill those spots and they've done it perfectly. It's again, it's a well-oiled machine from top to bottom. And it was definitely a, a leap of faith to, to put a setup like that in place because the NHL generally doesn't do stuff like that, but you know, credit where it's due. They, they, they had a vision, they followed through on it. And we're seeing, we're seeing the results of that now. Yeah. Rod is, I mean, I've said this before. Um, it was obvious to me that he was going to be a great coach. Um, I mean, I, I think he's better than I thought he'd be. And I thought he'd be a great coach. Now mm-hmm. there are, there are some elite coaches in the NHL. Mike Sullivan of Pittsburgh, uh, John Cooper of Tampa, I think are, I mean, they're as good as you're going to find. Mm-hmm. And I, but think, I think Rod's in that conversation. Oh, now. absolutely. A hundred percent. Now to me, Rod is a different kind of coach than Sullivan and Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, Rod is a, I can't, I can't even explain it. Rod, <laughs> no, big, big, I, you know, it's the easiest way to do it is to say, and I want to get your stars here before I have to say, let you go, uh, because yeah. I've kept you up too late, Brian LeBlanc. Okay. Um, Rod cares so much about the franchise and getting it back to where it was in 06 and before then 02 and 09 also counts. He cares so much and wants them to do that. He has managed to transfer his level of care to the players. Mm-hmm. And he there isn't a single player on that team in that locker room that, I mean, that doesn't give it. Yep. I mean, th- there are nights where, look, they, when you play ev- you know, every other day at some point, there are going to be some clunkers in there. But, man, this... This team pours it out every game. Every game. There, there's, there, are pro, there have probably been three lack-of-effort nights in Brenda Moore's tenure. I mean, they could be bad, but mm-hmm. they try. Yeah. Every, every, every single time. It is one and when 100% you do that, agree. And when you do that, I remember Bill Peters... He used to say, well, you know, we got to outwork the other team. Like, that ain't a strategy, son. Sorry. Because <laughs> the other team's trying right. to win, too. That ain't a strategy. But when you couple that work ethic, which is always there, with a higher level of skill, which, in fairness to Bill Peters, he didn't have. He didn't mm-hmm. have the, the talent that this, that this roster has. Um, but he also didn't have... Uh, the ability to get the most out of players and to recognize what players need. Brenda Moore, who, you know, was a star, he understands what the players need. They yep. want they he want does. honesty. Uh, they want somebody that has their back. I mean, gosh, I could I could sit here all day and talk about the head coach. I mean, and I mean I have uh, you know this, I have a little bit of a unique uh relationship with him. Uh, like, I will defend everything he does. I don't care. I, I'm, I will defend line combinations that look like, who the hell did that? Mm-hmm. Why, why are those people playing together? 
If if <laughs> if if Brenda Moore decided he was going to play uh, Ian Cole at center with Jacob Slavin on the left and Tony D'Angelo on the right, <laughs> I'd say he's got a reason to do it. I defend it. I defend it. But I'm I'm an apologist. All right, let me give me give me your three stars, Brian LeBlanc, and defend it. All right, I kind of let the cat out of the bag here. But my third star tonight was Seth Jarvis. Um, I thought kind of my was... indie band, my yeah. in, indie band third star. That's good. That's fine. I I had uh, I I was probably pretty stock, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you, you could give it to Slavin. You could give it to Aho. I think those are all you know reasonable. You know, it's a shame there's only three stars, to be right. honest. Um, but I think that the combination of the, you know, not just the goal he scored, but his play off the puck, his, you know, the fact that the layoff didn't seem to hurt him and it actually may have looked like it may have helped him a little bit. Um, you know, he's, he's an important part of this team. And, you know, I think it would have been, it would have been disappointing if that layoff had cost him whatever momentum he had. And I think it's worth recognizing, you know, when a guy that is, has he turned 19 yet or he's just about to turn 19? Oh, he's 19. Yeah. Um, he's, I, th- I think it's worth recognizing when you come off of a two week, you know, essentially a two week forced break uh, coming off of COVID, no less. And you pick up, you know, better than you were before the pause. I think that deserves some recognition. Sure. So that's why I give that's why I give Jarvis my third star. My second star goes to Tavo Teravainen. Um, you know, with honorable mentions again to the guys we mentioned. You know, we we talked about this a little bit before too. But you know, the his ability to to see the play, his is just sharing <laughs> sharing a brain with Sebastian Ajo. Um, you know, he's he's one of the best players that the Hurricanes have on the roster. They need him to be one of one of their best players, and the past few games he has delivered. And two goals tonight is reflective of how well he played and how well he has played over the past few games. And you know they've got they've got a healthy and productive Tavo Teravine and look out because you know the, the already good team is going to get that much more that much better uh, with with him lighting the lamp on top of being the playmaker and the defender that we know that he's always been. And my first star, I mean, it has to go to Auntie Ranta. Um, you know, again, like we said, this wasn't the most difficult of oppositions for, for Auntie. Um, but it's still an NHL roster. It's still his first shutout with the Hurricanes. Um, you know, he, he earned it. It wasn't a, it wasn't just an excuse me shutout where he makes, you know, 15 saves that all come from the blue line or anything like that. He did have, you know, there were there were a few that that he had to you know put some acrobatics into, and um, and good for him because not that he's had a difficult start to the season, but with as well as Freddie Anderson has played, I think that Auntie may have gotten lost in the shuffle a little bit, especially early. And he, you know, he's worked hard and deserves the accolades that come with the shutout, and definitely earned it tonight. So he gets my first star. Uh, first of all, you don't have to give anybody your first star, but I appreciate that you did. Uh, Brian LeBlanc, I will give you my three stars. Uh, and to prove that, I gave Auntie Ranta my third star tonight. Um, I thought there were a lot of uh, a lot of star possibilities. I did not want to oh, over- yeah. did not want to overlook Auntie Ranta. Uh, I thought his best work came in the first eight minutes of the game. 
mm-hmm. uh, where Carolina was basically on their back foot and Montreal was coming at them downhill, but uh, Montreal, as we pointed out in the beginning, doesn't have enough firepower to really make it work, but Ronta made a couple of, more than a couple, probably three or four really good saves early on, or at least got them out of trouble uh, early mm-hmm. on. And then from that point on, I thought Carolina really took over the game. Um, but I considered, it's kind of weird, I considered the other winger on that line, Jesperi Kotkaniemi, who factored on the Niederreiter goal because I believe he deflected the shot from yeah. Slavin. Uh, and he he's very effective in the middle of the ice in front of the goal. Um, and so he deflected the shot, which created the rebound, uh, which allowed Niederreiter to, uh, he was also in front, by the way, uh, allowed Niederreiter to sweep it in for the first goal. Uh, he also had, uh, I want to get this right, Kokaniemi had uh, three shots on goal and six hits tonight. He was a madman. Tonight, he's also got six points in his last five games, uh, a goal and five assists in his last five. So, uh, Kokinami has simply played really, really well, and I thought it was significant that he played a good game tonight on the wing because all of his good play had come at center. And mm-hmm. for this team, I think to be as good as they can be, they either need Jordan Stahl to be a fourth line center or Kotkaniemi to be successful on the wing. Um, I agree with that. So, yeah. I mean, we're looking at, you know, how does this team win a cup? I still don't think they're there. I'll get to why, uh, w- w- what I mean by that in a second. Uh, my second star was Ajo. Uh, Ajo, again, six of eight in the faceoff circle tonight. Uh, I think he orchestrated basically their offensive attack uh, pretty much all game. Uh, and he's so good, you know, I know if you watch the game, Trip Tracy credited Ajo with the turnover. Looked to me like Pesci just whiffed on the pass uh, that went through him in the first period. But it's Ajo that gets back. He's so defensively responsible. Uh, It's one of, I know it's one of the coach's favorite things about him. I know it. And I could always Mm -hmm. get Rod to talk about it by talking about that. Um, Because otherwise, Rod is not interested in praising anybody. Like Slavin played 33 minutes one night, and I uh, just say, yeah, you know what? Uh, sometimes you got to do that. Okay, Rod, thanks. Um, uh, and <laughs> and Teravainen well, takes one to know one, right, you know exactly. And Teravainen was my first star, uh, but I actually considered Jordan Stahl tonight. You know, at one point he was 15 for 15 in the faceoff circle. He's, he's incredible. He was 17 and four. Tonight, so he, he went he's into a be, slump. <laughs> he's gonna be he's gonna be forty five years old and still taking up a spot on an active roster somewhere solely to take face offs. <laughs> Defensive like zone face offs. Yeah, he will have like forty two seconds of ice time a night, and we'll take every face off. It'll be you know, again seventeen and four or something. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's so amazing. Uh, but yeah, and I thought Nino played well tonight, uh, and I liked Tony D'Angelo's game tonight as well. There was a lot of guys I thought uh, who played uh, played very well. All right, real quick, uh, final thing, and you can uh, I'll I will make this statement, and you can either agree, disagree, or give me something else. I don't care. Okay. 
if this team this team can win a Stanley Cup, I think they need one minor tweak. Uh, no offense to Stephen Lawrence, but I think we need a better version of Stephen Lawrence in that role. If Brendan Lemieux can be acquired from the LA Kings or a player like him, I really like that upgrade for this team, but we'll set that aside. When Andrei Svechnikov gets his scoring touchback, I think the team goes to another level. Yep, I agree with you. I'm not 100% convinced that they that they need to upgrade anything so much as they need to define roles. And, and Coach Yemi is the guy that comes to mind there because you're right. He If, if he's the fourth-line center, this team's not as good as they could be. But I don't know how you play him unless you drop stall down. I don't know how you play him at center. And I'm honestly not sure if, you know, I, I, I see where you're, where you're, where you're going. I, I would not want Brandon Lemieux for a few reasons, but that is neither here nor there. He's a former um, Ranger. Well, we yes, don't have I enough of that. those, there are a lot of Brian. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I, I think that the guy that you, I think the guy that you need to acquire is your Barkley Goodrow type, not him. You know, when not him now, and maybe kind of a poor man's Barkley Goodrow is what you need. Just enough of a scoring touch to be able to, you know, create something on the fourth line. You don't need the, you don't need the goon. You don't need the penalty killers because God knows the Hurricanes have enough of those. Um, you need the guy that you need the guy that can come out and give you ten or eleven minutes. If you need him to kill a penalty, he can do it, but can chip in with a timely goal. Um, you know, in much the way that, frankly, that Jordan Martinuk has done in years past. Not so much in you know the recent past, but thinking back to like twenty eighteen nineteen, that was kind of the role he played. Um, I don't think that's really his game quite as much anymore, and the injury kind of hovers over him as to how much he's going to be able to to contribute in that role going forward. But that's the, that's the type of player I think they need. I think it's a spark plug guy, a guy that can you know that can give you 15 goals a season, you know, annualized, obviously, um, you know, that's, that's enough of a, enough of, the, of a pest to play against, but not somebody that's going to go, you know, full, full bore, you know, knuckle dragging fourth liner type. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they're one piece away. I honestly would probably consider looking at an upgrade, um, the, on the bottom pair of defense as well. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sold that those are the six guys that you're going to take to battle in the playoffs. Um, you know, once everybody's healthy, of course, um, I think they could upgrade that uh, somewhere uh, if the right guy's available. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you that I don't think they're there yet, but there's a couple pieces that haven't fallen into place yet either. And so I think they, they aren't that far away. And I think one or two tweaks and they'll be, you know, they'll, they'll be right up there. I mean, the, the Eastern Conference is going to go through either Tampa or Florida. It's going to go, go, go through somewhere within a couple-mile drive of my house. I'll put it that way. And I think that, you know, regardless of who you're going up against, that depth is going to be tested. And so you need to make sure that that depth is, uh, is as quality as it can possibly be. And so I think, yeah, you're, you're probably right that there's a couple, you know, one, one or two minor additions. Don't think you need to rock the boat too much, but they're not quite there, but they're, they're pretty darn close. I'll never, uh, I'll never count Pittsburgh out. So 
the Penguins, mm. even though the Penguins have not been good in the playoffs lately, uh, I will never count them out. But no, I can I can understand you saying but, that. I just I I think that they're. I don't want to say their time has passed because I don't think it has. But I think that you know they. Whereas a few years ago, a healthy Penguins team could skate with anybody. I can think of probably four teams that even at their best, the Penguins would have trouble keeping up with, and the Hurricanes are one of those teams. Well, we haven't seen a healthy Penguins team in, in three years. Um, but I, I, like by by what I'm getting at is I'm not going to count them out, but I don't think the Penguins are one of the top four teams in the East. No, and, I agree with that. Uh, and I think the top four teams in the East, two of them are in your state. Yep. The Hurricanes and the Washington Capitals the Toronto Maple Leafs will forever be a mirage to me. Yep. And mm-hmm. we could we could buy into all of this uh, all of that record and all of their talent and all of that. They still don't play defense. I still uh, Jack Campbell's played great. Maybe Campbell will be different. Um but they still don't play any semblance of defense. Uh and when you get to the postseason if that's not your core, you ain't going to win. And it's actually the one thing that concerns me about Florida and maybe to a certain uh-huh. extent Washington. Uh, but the core of Tampa is on the defensive end. The core of the Hurricanes is on the defensive end. Um, uh, Washington is a big physical team, and those are the teams that give Carolina trouble. So yeah. that is uh, that would be my concern about the Capitals. But I think those are the four best teams in the East. Um, and it's I, I just can't, I can't wait. Can't wait till we get there. I hope we get there. I just hope that we this I hope this takes the the exact same path this virus takes the exact same path that we saw it taking in South Africa which is they had a peak mm-hmm. and then 2 weeks later it started to come down we should be hitting that point right now we should start to see numbers drop because the well, I hope so. the staying power of Omicron does not appear. Certainly, the power of Omicron does not appear to be as deadly as Delta and others. I don't even remember the first two names of it. Um, and I was like, it was Old Coke and then New Coke. <laughs> and then, um, but this seems to be maybe uh, that's what we should do. We should start naming them after soft drinks. Like I think, Hope Omicron, we run out of Greek letters. Omicron is mellow yellow, which, which I think I think is going away. Tab, gosh, <laughs> tab was awful. What about Fresca? What's the Fresca theory? Fresca's still around, man. Yeah, no, I think you still find Tab every once in a while. Yeah, I don't, Tab's terrible. <laughs> tab is terrible. <laughs> Brian LeBlanc, you're the man for doing this. I appreciate your time, my friend. Adam, always my pleasure. Good talking to you. Take care. So we even went down a rabbit hole of uh, of, of of goofy movies with LeBlanc. Very much like uh, Alec and I talking about, I don't know, cookies or Christmas trees or whatever the hell we talk about uh, at the end of podcast. Anyway, um, I think I've I think I've we've taken enough of your time. So I want to thank Brian LeBlanc at BD LeBlanc on Twitter. I want to uh, thank you. Uh, and I want to thank the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. 
You can go online for a free no-obligation estimate, aluminumcompany.com. Siding, windows, roofing, entry doors, bay windows, bow windows. They got it all. Uh, You can follow the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Rate it, review it, give us five stars. I don't really care if you give us five stars. If you like it, you're probably giving us five stars. Uh, I just I had a performance review not that long ago. Uh, the person reviewing me said he doesn't give out fives. I got all fours. I don't know. I kind of think those are fives. That's the way I look at it. So if you give me a four, I'm going to count it as a five anyway. So Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Canes and the Blue Jackets, New Year's Day, 1 o'clock. We'll talk to you after it. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsfan.com or wherever you get your podcasts. At WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org.